Oh hey! I'm glad you're here. Look, it's October and people are neck deep in horror, but how much of it is a rewatch? Let's be honest, you have Dawn of the Dead memorized. It's time for some other options, and I think we all want something new, and that's what new releases and late returns is all about. First, we champion what we're currently into, and then look back at a film that is frankly underseen and deserves your eyes. Also, if you want episodes for October, check out Body Parts with a Surgical Assistant, it's graphic, Doctor Sleep with Recovering Alcoholics, Ghoulies Three Ghoulies Go to College with a College Professor, The Relic with a Museum Supervisor, Intruder with a Grocery Manager, Shockmo with a LARPer, After Midnight with Film Educators Dr. Rebecca McKendry and Elroy Kane, and many, many more. Also. I was so excited to get to talk with this week's guest that I forgot to say the synopsis for our late return. A teen, Scott Grimes, and his tomboy friend, Cheryl Pollock, flee from four cadavers zapped by lightning at his uncle, John Astin's mortuary. So there you go. Plus, we have an October playlist for you, so reach out on Twitter or Instagram at VHUS underscore podcast, and we can get that out to you. It's really great. Lots of horror samples, electronic music. It is chef's kiss delicious. That doesn't make sense. Now... Let's get right to it. So it's time for another bonus episode of VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. Hello and welcome to VHS Presents Boo Releases and Late Returns. I'm your host Dirk Marshall and this is our alternate format where we shout out current favorites that are bringing us joy and entertainment before we take a late return to a forgotten gem. I'm saying we because I'm not alone. I'm joined by Stephanie Crawford. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So writer, editor, podcast guest, future podcast host, what is the best way for people to stay in tune to all things Stephanie Crawford? Probably Twitter. That's pretty much the only social media I use on any kind of consistent basis. That's probably for the best. <laughs> and I'm scrawfish there and on Letterboxd. Oh, right. Yes. I also found, is it a blog? What was it that I clicked on that I, I ended up finding writing of yours? Yeah, that's just my little place where I throw everything I work on and house of a reasonable amount of horrors. And that's linked on my Twitter. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. Where did all this begin for you? Was it writing? What was the first podcast you were guested on? The first one I was on was for F This Movie. Oh, we are talking about Don't Go Into the House. I think it was in Video Nasties. And then I just started getting invited on them. And I realized they were a lot of fun. And it was a great way to talk to a bunch of different people about movies. So here I am. Yeah, that's fantastic. If there's anything I hope to accomplish with this podcast, it's to highlight people that I think are wonderful. And uh, much like the sentiment I saw on Twitter around your birthday, and again, happy belated birthday. After hearing you on a podcast, I sought out your other appearances. I think that you are wonderfully well-spoken and quite funny. So thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Which brings us to new releases. We like to start with print. So do you have anything that you're currently getting joy from in the world of print? Well, it's interesting you use the word print. I do love book. But I've recently gotten into listening to Hollywood memoirs. Oh, audiobooks. Yes, I have Libby and it's a free app that's connected to libraries. So most people probably have it or some kind of version of that. Okay. And I've just been abusing it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't seem to focus on fiction in audiobook mm. form. 
and I'm not good at reading anything on ebook. Gotcha. So physical books I like, and then nonfiction I like it on audiobook. And right now I'm listening to Yours Cruelly, the Elvira memoirs. Oh, right. That's out now. Yes. And definitely listen to the audiobook version okay. if you're a fan. It's incredible because we all know her voice and it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's a great, great. I just forgot. I heard Martin Short on a podcast and I love Martin Short. And he was talking about his book that just came out and then that there's an audio version. It's eight hours of Martin Short. And I was like, I need to, I need to get that. I don't know why I haven't. So that is an excellent reminder. I did not put anything down. That's very bizarre, <laughs> but not really. So the past couple episodes of this, I've been talking about this book, but I really like the band Coil, and my wife got me this book called The World is a Haunted House, and it's all of the correspondence between the two main members from when they started. And as a band that like has always meant so much to me because they are just so experimental and, and strange, it's fascinating for me to read about how these two different people formed a very unique friendship and eventually relationship. That's something that I just keep dipping into, but it's barely reading. It's a lot of photos and stuff of me just getting emotional about something that's very personal. I don't know, but I don't have a lot in books. Plus it's October. So I don't know when I'm supposed to find time reading with all these horror movies to watch. So I hear you. I have an actual stack of a lot of horror books. I'm like, I'm going to get through them as many as I can. And I keep getting distracted by yeah. spooky fun yeah. video stuff so yeah i'm no, sure I plus you. <laughs> you probably have things that you have to watch for podcasts and things too as well yeah that actually helped out i've recently been doing a series on john waters who's my favorite filmmaker yeah. i'm a little obsessed with him <laughs> and i have all of his books and i've read them but for some reason it never occurred to me to listen to them oh, and yeah which is ridiculous because I love his voice and the mm -hmm. way he describes everything. And I mean, it's his second career is being wonderful to listen to and hear stories from. So I've been revisiting them through audio and it's incredible. Oh, that's, so. that's fantastic. Which brings us to music. Is there any music that you're currently enjoying? <laughs> I was dreading this question. I used to be so into music and I just dig for obscure things for uh, hours, but I yeah. think I'm old and uncool. And there are people older than me that are still cool, but I dropped it so early. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been enjoying the new Mastodon. They just released uh, a new oh, okay. single. I, I pretty much love everything they do, but I've really been enjoying uh, the new single. And then other than that, I, I think I've been letting you, YouTube take the recommendation <laughs> wheel. I just basically play um, a white zombie song and then I'll just let the recommendations ride oh. me. And it's fitting the mood right now. Yeah. So I'm sorry, it's, it, I have a really boring answer, but I want it to be honest. I haven't been too focused on music lately. Yeah, I don't think that's boring at all. And I'm wondering if I could guess. So if you go with White Zombie, it's probably going to go Alice Cooper, or Marilyn Manson, if it's going backwards or forwards in time. It's always Marilyn Manson. Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always, always. I figured those two. And plus, plus Not even Rob together. Zombie, just Marilyn right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I could, I could see that. I'd probably enjoy most of the spooky things that would come off of that playlist, so that would be great. I just found a group from Estonia called Bedless Bones, which is female-fronted, and it's somewhere between 
something that would be gothic and something that is minimal techno, which I really like. I enjoy not knowing which direction the songs are going to go in, if it's going to be vocal or just nine minutes of just techno, straight up German style. I'm, I don't mean like the way Americans use the word techno for anything with keyboards. <laughs> but yeah, Bedless Bones, they have a couple albums out and they have a new one coming out in November. It's one of those things. It's always fun to discover something that's been around for a couple of years where you're like, oh, okay, I've got a lot to work with here. It's not just one song or something. Yeah, it's nice having a catalog. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited. And then it hasn't ended. That's the other thing is I'll discover something and it's like, oh, cool, they broke up. So that's it. You know, this is like somebody that's <laughs> Three still... new bands to follow. Great. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I'm so glad you picked up the cool slack. I wrote that down. That sounds oh, yeah. very up my alley. If it's something that you'd enjoy, I oftentimes am talking about stuff and people are like, I don't care about this. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, but it's really good. It sounds kind of like Aphex Twin in 1996. But anyway. You sold me. Oh, perfect. This doesn't sound like Aphex Twin, though. I don't want to throw people off. And become... Oh, well. <laughs> ah, okay, let's start over this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just move on to television. Anything in the TV realm, and I'm doing air quotes, that's bringing you joy. Yes, a lot of, I feel like it's everyone, but maybe it's just the kind of people I follow on Twitter. But I'm watching and enjoying Midnight Mass, the new Mike Flanagan show. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his, but yeah. he is very effective at scooping out your heart and serving it to you and making you stare at it while you're forced to eat it. <laughs> yes. So. I really have to space him out because he's very effective at getting at me emotionally. I agree. It's nice to have somebody that's such a technician that can also do these emotional things. Because I find we, we're getting these like new directors that can put us in different areas and push us in different ways. But then you start to be like, is this person, like, do they know what humans are like? You know, and I won't say which <laughs> yeah. directors, but it's very clear. And Flanagan just has a great emotional depth to these things. I was watching Midnight Mass also with my wife and I could tell the first couple episodes, she was like, why are we watching this? Because it's so... <laughs> positively religious I would say in the very beginning that I was just like yeah it's a bit much you know but then it starts to do its Flanagan thing and I'm like oh this is where we're going okay I, I get it I also had Midnight Masked Out as well okay good and I've been enjoying What If that's been fun I just have the last episode to watch but that's the Disney plus anime yeah thing? yeah I based on because they used to do that in the comic series just like What If any outlandish idea and it didn't affect the regular line so they could get really silly with it and they've gotten silly a few times which I've appreciated but they've been mostly a little bit more serious but they did Marvel zombies which I appreciate okay so even if you're not a big Marvel kid at least see that episode they did they did a good job what's the age demographic for that do you think that's an interesting question there's nothing really offensive in it okay I just have a spooky almost eight-year-old and so she might be into that if it's zombies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally fine. And What We Do in the Shadows is back. And I oh. love that show so much. Yeah. I love having a lighthearted, spooky show. I feel like that's my favorite thing. I like jokes and horror. Me too. Whenever I come across a new comedy horror film, it becomes really quickly like my favorite thing because I haven't seen it a million times yet. And then, then I can. Like Snatchers from 2016 was like, the oh, last yeah. one that I saw where I was like, what is this? I love this. I need to tell everyone about this. I watched it back to back, which was because, you know, that sort of comedy horror thing is so cozy for those of us that really like it, where it, the movie ends and you get kind of sad. You're like, 
well, now I'm just back in the boring old world. Like I want to go back over there. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. And not in the horror vein, but only murders in the building. Yes. I, yes. And I, so I love that you brought Martin short and podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, oh yeah. I was a little worried about it when it first started. It seemed almost like, oh, is this going to be too precious? Is mm-hmm. it going to try to be too trendy? But it's not. It's just so clever and so fun. And, oh, I just finished The Way Down on HBO Max. I haven't even heard um, of that. It's a documentary series. It's about this ministry that was started by this woman. She tied it to a weight loss system she invented and books she wrote, but she tied it into Christianity. So she basically started a church based on weight loss. Weird. And it became huge and really successful. And if you look up her photo, she... She's an interesting looking lady. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It turned out it's basically a cult and it's incredibly abusive. And there's a lot of sad stories connected, but they started filming it. And then there was a plane crash that killed her, her husband, and most of their family this year. Whoa. It ends after three episodes, but it ends with to be continued. So I think they had to completely reconfigure how they're going to do it. It's really interesting. Okay. That's called The Way Down. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because that was what her system was called, W-E-I-G-H, but theirs is W-A-Y. Pretty clever, huh? <laughs> oh, that is that is <laughs> clever. I thought it was like a gluten-free thing, and it was W-H-E-Y. Oh, maybe that'll be the next one. That's right. the TV continue. <laughs> that would be good. I just had Midnight Mass. It's so hard to figure that into all the horror movies for 31 and 31 and et cetera. But yeah, that's TVs, which brings us to movies. Oh boy, here we go. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, anything specifically that you've seen that is a, a fave? No, I, I don't really watch movies. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't really have anything for you there. Yeah, understand. Okay. <laughs> I will say, I recently watched something <laughs> that John Waters led me to. Okay. You've seen Serial Mom? Yes. Okay, there's that video store Matthew Lillard works at. Uh-huh. And in a screen capture, there's a couple of videotapes. And behind one of them, there's something called To Die For Two. Yeah. And the first thing I think of is the Nicole Kidman movie, but I knew that was because the time there's no To Die For Two. That'd be great. They should do that. But I looked it up and I saw it was a romantic vampire horror is it tr- movie. Tracy Lord's in that one or? No, that's from that photo that was next to it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I went ahead and I watched the first one and it is a ride. It's from 1988. Yeah. And it's a romance horror vampire. Yes. Um, and it has the feel of a softcore movie, but it's not softcore. It just feels like one. Yeah, I think I saw this, the first one. I feel like my dad's video store had the promo copy of it. What does the cover look like? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I get the cover of this and Pale Blood, I think, mixed up. Oh, okay. But I didn't know there was a second one. Yeah, no, but this one's fun. And Amanda Weiss, of course, from A Nightmare on Elm Street, she's in both of them. Oh, good. Yeah, she's kind of the Lucy figure from Dracula in it. And then she becomes a heavy in the second one, but heavy with a heart, but it's fun. And the second one is just so weird. It's called Son of Darkness okay. to die for too. And it's called Son of Darkness because they bring a baby in. And the baby's part vampire. 
And the lead vampire goes by a different name because he's trying to hide out and he picks Max Shrek. Hmm. So it's very on the nose. Wow. They're not not horror comedies, but I kind of get the same joy Mm -hmm. from seeing both of them that I do. So I would actually recommend them to you if you're in a late 80s, early 90s softcore, but not really weird romance it's not really romantic it's more uneven aggressive stalking but hey let's go with it Uh, it is fun yeah I'm so glad that you reminded me of those because my wife's favorite genre of cinema is erotic vampire films basically yeah they don't have to be that erotic but they do have to involve vampires if possible I'll be looking those up for sure Myself, I just have what I've watched so far in 31 and 31, which is some returns, some new, but Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge is how we started off everything, which is getting a Blu-ray from Arrow soon. And I can't wait to see what (laughs) that looks like. And I really want it because that's such a fun movie, but it's, I also don't think it's a $35 movie. So I'm going to wait for a sale on that one. Yeah, for sure. And I think Best Movies Never Made just did a two-part with the, I think the original script writer, maybe he was also set to direct it originally, but it's one of the most passionate double episodes I've heard of a podcast because he is on fire the whole time about how much better his script was. Oh, I have to listen to that. Yeah, it's really good. Also so mad they put Eric's revenge as the <laughs> tagline because he's like, it tells you who the guy. And I, yeah, it's really good. Then I watched Edge of the Axe, which was a first time watch since a mushy VHS that I had. So it's kind of like watching the movie all over again because you can see it what's really happening. It really is, especially yeah. with these really old ones that you pretty much only see grainy on an yeah. VHS. Yeah, it, that's so bad that the first time my wife watched The Fog with me, she was like, oh, there's something in The Fog. Like that's how mushy <laughs> the images were we'd been watching for years. Um, and then Slugs, which I love. Nadja, which is a black and white vampire movie that David Lynch is in. And then The Witch Subversion Part 1, which is more of an action movie, but there's a lot of blood that happens in it. So I really enjoy that. That's on Netflix for anyone that, that wants to see it. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. So before we take our late return, I think it's time we play a game. So Stephanie, are you ready to play Scott Grimes, Grimes, or a Scott? No, but let's go for it. Okay, perfect. There's only five. So it's either Scott Grimes, Grimes, or a Scott. <laughs> Number one, co-wrote and sang the song Sunset Boulevard, which hung around for weeks on the Billboard charts. I'm guessing Grimes? Close. It's Scott Grimes. What? And you can look it up on YouTube. He's got the voice of an angel. I know he does voice acting now, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I watched the whole video because I was like, (laughs) he's good. I mean, it's not like my style. It's like a soft rock kind of thing, but... You can't fault him for his efforts at all. Number two is available in a 1,000 sheet roll. I'm going to go with uh, Scott. Yep, that's a Scott. Scott tissue. (laughs) (laughs) Yay for the softball question. Yeah. Number three has allegedly been intimate with Elon Musk. I want to say Scott Grimes, but I'll just say regular Grimes. Yeah, it's regular Grimes. Number four is one of the four singers in Russell Crowe's band Indoor Garden Party. Scott. It is actually Scott Grimes. Come on. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Again, the voice of an (laughs) angel singing with Russell Crowe in his four singer band. I was watching it just last night going, how is this real? I've never heard of this. 
is there a documentary about his life yet? Because this is very interesting. I really feel like there should be now for sure. And last finishes the famous line delivered by Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future. Great. Scott. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. So it's time for our late return to Nightlife from 1989. I know this wasn't a first time watch for you. So what's your history with Nightlife? Well, let's go back to the mushy video store. Okay, perfect. Growing up, we mostly went to a Hastings that was like five minutes from us. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was a Southwestern smaller chain. Okay. I grew up in Albuquerque and they had a bunch of them. You could rent movies buy movies, buy CDs, magazines, when all those things existed. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Great book like section. A, like a Borders maybe? or Yeah, if you replace the focus being on books on renting. <laughs> okay. Um, and I loved it. But uh, back then, uh, most grocery stores had a video rental section. Yeah. And we had a Smith that had a really big impact on me. It was literally just this little alcove in the front of the store. But it always seemed to have an incredible horror collection. But maybe it's because I was a kid and pick out any horror movie that existed. I hadn't even heard of it at that point. But they would sell previously viewed videotapes there. And they just had one without a cover and a generic plastic case for nightlife. Yeah, I was like, I'll check it out. It's $3. And it turned out to be uh, this kind of zombie romp. And I thought, you know, now zombies are everywhere. But at the time, there's a zombie moment in the 80s, for sure. And then there's a lot of quietness. So I found the old, well, old-ish videotape when it was very quiet during zombie times. I saw like a mushy copy. And uh, again, like it's horror comedy. And that was, well, when I first started watching horror movies, they still scared me. Yes. I was easy to scare so when I'd run into one that had a sense of humor and had jokes in it, it was just a saving grace for me. So I became a fan and I, I would collect old Fangorias from eBay and they really covered the hell out of this movie. They yeah. were like big boosters for it. Yeah. It's so wild. I grew up in a video store. I went to other video stores and I never heard of this movie until I was just digging around in the internet and I saw this thing pop up somewhere. And then I couldn't find it anywhere. And for those of us that can't live with that, I had to keep digging and looking until I found a mushy VHS rip because it's still trapped on VHS. And unless you have an actual DVD, do you have an actual DVD of it? No, this is one, especially now that we're getting Phantom of the Mall. We are Scream Factory. Someone swoop in because this will sell. Yeah, seriously. And so I got a copy of it. I put it on and my wife and I both were just like, this is really fun, really pleasant. All the performances are great. I'm a huge John Austin. Aston. I go back and forth all the time. Uh, Aston fan. And when he pops up in this, I was and it has such a great dramatic moment in there too. Anyway, I absolutely love it. It's super good. First of all, the thing that shocked me the most about it is that it's shot really well. There's lots of great camera movement and things pulling into frame and out of frame. The cinematographer is Roger Tonry, who did a ton of Playboy Playmate videos and the Sir Mix-a-Lot Baby Got Back music video. Oh my God, so they got a legend. Yeah. Like an actual legend, that's crazy. <laughs> so he shot Scott Grimes in Nightlife and Sir Mix-a-Lot standing on a giant orange butt. Yeah. Another person that should have a documentary on his life. <laughs> Yes, that would be excellent. So I'm going to get HBO Max on the, on the horn. 
The film starts off with a great credit sequence and Scott Grimes doing very questionable autopsy work. So his <laughs> uncle yes. owns it. So yeah, it makes sense. You know, you have the nephew come in cheap labor, but I, I would imagine, you know, he's a teenager, maybe just sweep up the lobby after a day of funeral, yeah. freshen up the flowers, but it's like, not nah, just, just get in there around the corpses. Yeah. Cut off some arms and stuff. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know how to embalm kid. Come on. It's so on good. schedule here. Like, uh, the jocks in the movie are just awful and Scott's just so charming. It's just, uh, it's such an interesting contrast. Contrast. I love the relationship between Scott and Cheryl Pollock in the film. I think that that's really lovely. I love a uh, guy and tomboy. Yes. Best friend relationships. Yeah, it's really cozy. The whimsical music as the police lead Scott to a hanging guy is pretty great. Like all the parts where you're like, wow, that's dark. But then the music just plays against it. And you're like, oh, I guess this is very low yeah, stakes. I like, I like this. This is really fun. John Aston's comedic range is, is most often thought of, I think. But his dramatic turn is so subtle and stern that I was just like, he's so cool. Sean got to have him as a dad. That's just so cool. Yeah, Patty Duke and him oh. raising him. That's awesome. That should be a documentary. I want to see that. Come on, people. Why are they slacking so I much? Don't... There's a lot of interesting people out there. Seriously, I wish that that got the Val Kilmer treatment. All these home movies of John raising Sean and Patty there. <laughs> it would have been super fun. One of my favorite lines is condemnation, Jesus D. God. I don't even think I typed that right. <laughs> oh, condensation. It's about condensation with one of the, the coolers where you keep the bodies. And I think it's John that says condensation, Jesus D God. And I was just like, what a weird, <laughs> how, oh, that's good stuff. I also love that his mom left him money for pizza for dinner. And when it cuts right back to him, he's under one box and there's another box with empty Doritos and maybe donuts. I was like, how much money did she leave him? This is insane. I mean, it was 88, so probably like five bucks. <sighs> you probably true. had change left. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. The shot where he walks the bridge towards the accident in the gas mask is so cool. That's going to look amazing, all restored, being able to see how that looks. Yeah, you know, for a horror comedy, they shot it like an actual nightmare. Yeah. Like he was experiencing slow motion, kind of disconnected from it. It's very affecting, especially his uncles like get a move on. It's like at least put together, he's the same age as, <laughs> as these kids who just horribly died. Like maybe he knows them. You're in a small town. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like this very affecting scene all of a sudden. It's a town of like 30 kids, and the uncle's <laughs> just like, Yeah, go pick Mop up all up. Yeah, all the dead kids. You were just with this one, but whatever. I don't know why it took bully movies so long to get to zombie mode. It hasn't been leaned on to very much. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we've seen zombies, or not zombies, but like bullies somehow mm. getting more power and becoming more ferocious in some way. But yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, but that's an unmined uh, area there. Yeah, it's interesting that they would go like, what if there was bullies, but then they die? But then they're still torturing this poor kid and then make it a comedy. Like, it doesn't seem like that would be the last turn where they'd be like, but let's make it fun. Yeah, that was smart, though, because that subject matter could get very dark if you yes. let it. That's true. Speaking of dark, John's death in the movie is pretty harsh. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Effects, the gore? Not yeah. It's very good. It's, it's like each little gem moment made me go, it's like, 
Why haven't, why isn't this out somewhere? Why aren't more people hearing about this? Oh, I skipped right over something. You had an alternate title for this, I think. Oh yeah, in the UK, I think it was, it's Grave Misdemeanors. <laughs> Which is not a good title. <laughs> I mean, it could be if it, maybe it's a serious zombie procedural. Hmm. Like, oi, what's this then? They're reanimating, call me back. This was a cold case. Yeah. Okay, I should not do British accents. I am so sorry for that. Oh, I but liked it. it. would work on a certain kind of movie. They would also have to be police officers, I think, because then they yes, would be yes, like... Yes, yes, they're bobbies. Yeah. Oh, this is an infraction. Oh, wait, nope. Just a grave misdemeanor here. Pip, pip, nudge, nudge. Like, I get it. Yeah. You're doing the, the accents from now on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. The part where he's hiding under the bed, I really like. There's lots of good parts with anytime you have people's shoes walking around the bed and lots of great shots there. The axe attack where there's the furnace is a great sequence. I didn't even understand quite these giant furnace situations, but I loved it. We have a wood chipper. I mean, the movie has a wood chipper that comes into play, which is just a lovely whole sequence where someone's almost going into it and the blades are spinning and you know, it's something we saw a couple times in the 80s, but it's it never got old for me. I really love it. Anytime you're going to shove someone in a wood chipper. Yeah, no, that, that that's going. 10 points right there. Yeah. I want to be cremated, but I wonder if I can request being wood chipped instead. Oh. I'm going to look into that. That's that's good. You like human confetti? Because I want people to have fun at my funeral. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't want the Viking funeral where they set me on fire, but if you could freeze me and then put me through like a snow cone machine into the ocean, I think that would be good. <laughs> just become a human popsicle for like a whale or something? Yeah, just to feed the okay. fish and, you know. That's thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not using this body anymore and wow. I don't know why I introduced ice into the situation, but it just seemed. You're mixing it up. That's yeah. great. Yeah, because there is a great fire stunt in this. And every yes. time I see them, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm so yeah. afraid of fire. <laughs> Even a bad fire stunt where you see the stunt person's face way too often. I'm just like, yeah. but it's a real person on fire. No. Yeah, I love it so much. And I have the same feelings. I get very like, oh, no. But because it's real and now it's all we just it's this cg fire where no one's really on fire and i miss those times where you're watching the movie and you're just like call cut this is too long like that person's gonna be cooked <laughs> like what is happening like you know i'm such a hypocrite and in to die for too it's like an early cg fire oh no on a person and i was such a hypocrite i'm like just set them on fire <laughs> I feel like being worried. Set this person on. Yes. I want to be concerned instead of annoyed. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and to die for one and two, are those on Amazon? Uh, I think one is on Amazon. Um, they're, they're online. You, you can find them easily. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's all I really have without spoiling anything really about nightlife. I hope this conversation causes more people to seek it out. It is very tricky to find until brad at vinegar syndrome puts it out or somebody <laughs> no, no pressure i have direct messaged him a few times to be like hey i'm just curious do you know why and he's always very nice about it and says well there's lots of movies out there that people haven't put out yet which is a very nice way to say dirk people get around to it just don't worry about it <laughs> yeah okay. that's fair 
which brings us to the end of this episode. Anything in closing you would like to add about nightlife? I was so excited that you not only were excited to have this conversation, but that you knew the movie and cared about it. And you might have experienced this as a fellow horror comedy fan where there are films I unreservedly love. I think they're so fun, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend them to everyone because it might uh, be too goofy. Yeah. You know, people might not like uh, goofy gags quite as much as I do. This one, I'd actually feel pretty safe recommending to most horror fans. There's genuinely gruesome moments. Even at the beginning when Archie does a prank on the bullies, he sticks the back half of a frog corpse. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of nasty from the beginning. Yeah, it's like a, a slow chunk kind of before we get to the third act, but really a fantastic cast. It's pretty original considering, you know, the the material you're working with and how popular it is now. Uh, yeah, it, it's worth digging, but if you don't want to, just DM anyone who works uh, for any boutique Blu-ray yes. label you like. They love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's their favorite thing. Trust yes. me. Yes. <laughs> definitely go that route i love that you have a filter where you would think i'm not gonna recommend this goofy movie to someone that might not like it because i don't have a filter and it gets me in trouble all the time because my brain just makes a connection and like somebody would be like well you know our child has a nut allergy and i'm like hey have you guys seen this new horror movie and my wife's like what are you doing why are you and I'm like, I don't know. I just trying to have a conversation with people. She's like, that kid gets beheaded because of the nut allergy. Why would you bring that up? And I'm like, what you're saying now is a valid point. That's totally true. <laughs> it puts in a context. His doesn't seem so bad now. He still has his head. Still has a head. No problem. No walnut brownies for that kid. Yeah, I should really work on that. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for being here. I really appreciate your time. And is there any more information you can give us about you hosting a podcast? Well, it's not that's like the special thing. I just don't like to take the air out of things before I actually accomplish gotcha. them. Gotcha. Yes. I believe in jinxing, but it's not just me talking about things. I found a little corner of classic Hollywood and paranormal things oh. that I have not seen talked about really, or even published online. So my show's going to be kind of focused on sharing that with okay. more people because it's pretty interesting, I think. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of us who really appreciate your voice out there on the podcasts and things. So we look forward to that project for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. I'm Dirk Marshall, and this has been VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. <laughs>